what a, what a great song of truth. You know, when I think about what, how God has transformed me from who I was to who I am and still how he will continue to transform me. Now, I want to just uh, say thanks to everybody that participated in Bible school. You know, this week we, we had about 180 kids every night. Um, it, was, it was hard work, it, and you see by the end of the week people wearing down, but, but 180 children were here, and the last night about 350 people came, and um, they heard the story of Jesus. And so I just want to say, you know, Corey Yoder and Janelle Eberly and your families and, and everybody else that, that took um, a week, uh, an evening, week of evenings uh, to come, thank you very much uh, for, for what you've done and for planting the seed of the gospel in the hearts and of, of these children and of their families. So thank you very much. We're in this book of Daniel. We are in the 10th chapter, and Daniel chapter 10 gives us a rare insight into a normally invisible world. You know, he gives us a view into an invisible supernatural world that is very real, that we often don't uh, realize is real. Last week, we talked about Daniel's prayer and how Daniel um, laid it all out and confessed before God the sins of, 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 his, of his people in Israel and, and realizing that God was taking them back. And so, so Daniel began to pray. And, and here in Daniel chapter 10, we recognize by, by reading the first verse that, that Daniel's prayers were answered, that, that the children of Israel were beginning to go back now because we know that it says in, in, the, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given. He was the one that sent the children of Israel back. And so I wonder what it must have looked like to, um, in Babylon when the children of Israel realized on this day that, that we're going back. That we've been here for 70 years and we're going back. And I can imagine people running up to Daniel saying, Daniel, did you hear the news? We're going back to Babel. We're going back to Jerusalem. We've been released. They're letting us go. And yet Daniel, we know, stays in Babylon. We don't know for sure why Daniel stayed. Maybe it was because he was just too old for the journey. But more than likely, Daniel had unfinished work in Babylon that God had for him to do. And so here in Daniel chapter 10, it introduces us to the final vision in the book of Daniel. So Daniel 10 is the introduction to the vision, chapters 11 and 12, which Kelsey is so excited to preach about, are the vision and then the aftermath and the close of the book. But I want us to look at, I want to read Daniel chapter 10. I want you, rather than to follow along, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine. You know, I don't think we use our imaginations enough in reading scripture. I think, I think our imagination is a gift that God has given us. And so I want you to, to, to think about as I read what this may have looked like as Daniel writes. 
So it says, beginning in verse 2, and it says Daniel was given a, mission, a message in verse 1, which was true and concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. And here's what Daniel saw. It says, At that time I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice foods, no meat or wine touched my lips, and I used no lotion at all until the three weeks were up. He says, On the 24th day of the first month, I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris. I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist, and his body was, was, like, was crystallized, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, and his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of the multitude. What do you think that looked like? This is I, Daniel was the only one that saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone gazing at this great vision. Get a picture of the vision of this man that Daniel saw. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep on my face to the ground. It says, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and my knees. And he said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed Consider carefully the words that I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued. Imagine Daniel standing in front of this um, now angel that's giving him a message. And he says, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what has happened to your people, what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. He says, while he was saying this to me, I bowed my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and I began to speak. And he said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone, and I can hardly breathe. Again, one who looked like a man touched me and, and gave me strength. He said, do not be afraid, O man highly esteemed. Peace, be strong now, be strong. When he spoke to me, I was strengthened, and I said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. So he said, Do you know why I have come to you? Soon I will return to flight against the prince of Persia. When I go, the prince of Greece will come. 
But first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me except Michael, your prince. Father, these words are intriguing and this vision is powerful. Help us to understand the reality of this, these things that Daniel saw and how it relates to us today. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. So we see here, first of all, that Daniel sees this troubling vision. And it involves the, the people of Israel and last days and a great war. Culminating with the rise of the Antichrist and, and the return of Christ in the last days and, and the revelation of a great war that, that will engulf all of Israel. And this is what evidently sent Daniel into, into three weeks of mourning. This revelation that Daniel saw was so overwhelming that, that it says it caused him to mourn. And, and he fasted and he prayed and, and he drank no wine. And, and it says he didn't use any lotion. In other words, he didn't shower for three weeks because he was so intensely involved in this spiritual battle. And it says at the end of those three weeks of, of prayer and fasting and, and not showering, it says that he was standing in front of the Tigris River contemplating, I think, maybe what he had seen. And as he was standing there trying to understand what he has seen, I think Daniel experiences the presence of Jesus when it says that when he looked up, he saw a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like crystalline, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, and his arms and legs gleamed with brownish burnished bronze, and voice was like the sound of the multitude. And, and although this man is not identified here in Daniel, it sounds much like what John saw in Revelation chapter 1, which was Jesus Christ himself. And so I believe, and you can disagree with me, but I believe what Daniel encountered was, was the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's interesting, too, that that. that Although the other men didn't see it themselves, the overpowering glory of Jesus, I think, caused them to fear and they ran away. But Daniel sees this incredible vision of Jesus. And then, then it says an angel comes to him and, and, and we, we get a glimpse into the, a battle that's happening in heaven. It says that, you know, the angel came and he told Daniel that, that, that his prayers had been heard right when he began to pray three weeks earlier. That immediately his prayers were heard and, and yet it had taken him three weeks to get there. And the angel's explanation of why it took him this long is mind-blowing. I think it, it pushes back the curtain of the spiritual realm, and it gives us a glimpse behind the curtain, and it says, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding, he says, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me, and Michael, the one of the chief princes, came to help me. So, so there's this picture of this, of this war that's happening in heaven. 
of an angel being sent to Daniel to give him uh, understanding about this revelation, but the angel is detained until another angel, Michael, comes and frees him to go on to give this revelation to Daniel. So this, this prince of the Persian kingdom resisted the angel for 21 days, and, and then Michael, the archangel, comes and he intervenes. And the angel is able to come and to complete his, his mission. And he says, soon I will return to flight in verse 20 against the prince of Persia, and I will go, and the prince of Greece will come, and, but first I must tell you what is written in this book of truth. So we see this, this, these battles happening in the heavenlies where angels are fighting demons, and, and it makes us uncomfortable to think about, but that's the reality of the spiritual realm. There is a very real spiritual realm that exists, and a war that we are engaged in that is very, very real. And to us, it's very mysterious where, where demons and angels are, are battling to, to, to where when the angels are, try, are promoting, uh, trying to promote what God is doing and, and, and the demons are trying to obstruct God's work. It's very real. And I think sometimes we, we overlook or, or we try to ignore the fact that, that spiritual warfare is very very real. We engage in it every day. You know, the Apostle Paul in, in, in the book of Ephesians tell, talks to us about, about this spiritual battle that goes on every day. He says in chapter 6, he says, verse 12, he says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, what does that sound like to you? That sounds like, to me, it sounds like a spiritual battle that is going on every day around us. And isn't, is it interesting that that it seems like there, there are different levels of, of demons. It says, you know, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then Paul tells us, he says, look, because of the reality of this spiritual warfare that is going on, prepare yourselves for battle. He says, put on the armor of God. He says in verse 13, stand firm then with a belt belt of truth buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with feet fitted for the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And he says, and be alert always. Keep on praying for all of the saints. You see, brothers and sisters, we are engaged in a spiritual battle. 
And that is why prayer, because prayer is the work. Prayer is the heavy lifting of the spiritual battle that we are engaged in. So when, when you see that missionary wall out there in our, um, on this hallway, we have a responsibility to pray for them because, because we are doing spiritual battle with, with, with the spiritual realm. And we're fighting for our missionaries. When our young people go to Chicago this week, we have a responsibility as the body of Christ as brothers and sisters, to, to lift them up in prayer and to do battle against the, the powers and the principalities that exist in Chicago and the people that they will be encountering. You must go with the armor of God. And we must lift them up in prayer. That's why this thing of prayer, I know we've talked about it a lot during this series in Daniel, it is so, so important Have you put it on your schedule? Have you made it a priority? Have I made it a priority? Am I going to remember them every day this week to lift them up in prayer as they go into battle? When Jennifer goes back to to New Zealand, are we going to lift her up in prayer as she does battle? And as we go out every day, we go into a battlefield. And we must prepare ourselves. We must take this seriously. I think sometimes we're so consumed with ourselves and our stuff. That we're not even sensitive to the spiritual realm. And there's no need for battle because Satan has us right where he wants us. Prayer is the work. Prayer is the heavy lifting that all of us are called to be a part of. Have you engaged in that battle this week? Have you taken your prayer life seriously and the power that comes with prayer? See, here are some of the realities of of our spiritual battles that we fight every day. Our prayers, the prayers of believers... Are, are, are immediately heard by God. The minute I pray, the second I pray, God hears my prayer. The angel tells Daniel in verse 12, he says, look, his, his prayers were heard the moment that he sought wisdom from God. And yet, and, and that should encourage us that, that at the moment that we pray, God hears. When at the tiniest whisper of our prayer, God hears our prayers. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it says that, that we are confident that He hears us whenever we ask of anything that pleases Him. So, so God hears our prayers immediately 
when we cry out to Him. He hears our prayer. But the reality is, as we see here in Daniel, is that, that unseen, our unseen uh, spiritual warfare may at times delay the answer to those prayers. So whenever I pray, I engage in spiritual warfare. And so, so my prayers, and Daniel prayed for 21, prayed and fasted for 21 days. So somehow, I don't understand it, somehow our prayers empower the angels. Don't ask me how that works. I don't understand. I just know what God's Word says. And so prayer is vitally important as we do battle. You have a child that's wayward, you need to continue to pray. We must continue to pray because, as it says here in Daniel, sometimes it takes lots of prayer. It takes us pushing out prayer day after day after day. Because we're in a battle. as we engage in intercession, as we pray for lost people, as we pray for our families, as we intercede, we will encounter difficulties. And we, should, we shouldn't be surprised if our prayers aren't immediately answered. And we see here in Daniel one of the reasons why. Because there's a battle going on. And this whole thing of prayer is... Prayer is exhausting work. Prayer is hard work that we must engage in. Prayer requires focus. It requires intentionality. And yes, prayer is exhausting, but, but remember, prayer is the work. Prayer is the heavy lifting that we as believers do. It maybe is the most important thing that we can do, and I think oftentimes the thing that we do the least. And when you look at the life of Daniel, over and over again, we see that prayer is vitally important to Daniel. Spiritual warfare is serious business. And we should be locked in this battle against the spiritual forces of evil on a daily basis. And when our prayers consist of, Lord, bless my family. Lord, keep us safe. Lord, thank you for this food. We're, we're not entering the battle that we're called to enter into. We are called to engage the enemy, to put on the armor of God and to go into battle. 
Another reality of, of this spiritual battle is, is that if we could see the invisible, we would be amazed at the forces of good and evil that exist around us. And, and, and I don't know, sometimes we get a little freaked out by the, the thought of, of this battle that's, that's raging behind the curtain of this spiritual realm, but it's very, very real. And Scripture speaks to it. But we must engage in this battle. And the last thing I want to talk about is, is the, the chief weapon of our spiritual warfare is, is humility, prayer, knowledge, and perseverance. Let me explain. So, so our part as followers of Christ is to walk humbly before our God and to fall on our faces on a, regular, on a regular basis and to seek His face in prayer. And lack of prayer is a sign of pride that when I don't pray, what I'm saying is, I can do this on my own. God, I don't need you. Prayer, prayer fervent prayer is a sign of, of humility as a follower of Christ, of me falling on my face before God and saying, God, I can't do this. I'm giving it to you. We must grow in the knowledge of the Word of God. And we talked about that last week, how, how the Word of God should, should, should propel us into intelligent prayer. And we must persevere in our prayer. We must continue to pray even, even in the midst of hard times. Remember the angel told Daniel in verse 19, he says, he says, Daniel, do not be afraid. He says, peace. He says, be strong now, be strong. Be strong, Daniel. Continue to pray, continue to do battle, Daniel. I think God would say the same thing to us, brothers and sisters. Keep battling. Keep fighting. Don't give up. Maybe some of you are here this morning and you feel like giving up. You're ready to quit. Don't give up. Never give up. Engage in the spiritual battle. Get, begin to pray. Get into God's word. Do the hard work of prayer. Don't give up. You know, are you fighting for your marriage? Don't give up. Remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against the people around me. It's against the powers and the principalities. It's against the spiritual realm. Are you engaged in that battle? You can't give up. We can't give up, moms and dads. We can't give up on our children. We must bathe them in prayer. 
We cover them in prayer. We can't give up. We are in a battle for our children's spiritual lives. We can't give up. We must engage in this battle. We must be courageous. We must not give up. And what I want to encourage you in is, is, is go, go, go to Ephesians chapter 6 and, and begin to dress yourself with the armor that, that Paul talks about. And he says, be strong. Paul says the same thing. Stand firm. And then, then stand firm. Brothers and sisters, we must be strong. Because this, this battle is not for the faint of heart. Engage in the battle. In the work of prayer. Because we will never have an impact as a church, we will never have an impact as individuals if we aren't first bathing everything we do in prayer. If we're not engaging in the battle. And when things get hard, we must never give up. We must never, 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 ever give up. We must continue the battle. Stand your ground for Jesus Christ and never, ever give up. There's too much at risk. There's, there, there, there's too, too much at stake for us to give up. So Daniel chapter 10 gives us an incredible picture a glimpse behind the curtain to see that there's a very real battle going on around us. And, and we're a part of that battle. And our way of engaging in it is through prayer. So let's engage together. Let's walk together. Let's support each other through prayer. We still need to go. Our young people are going. They're going to Chicago. We've got a team going to Ecuador. We've got missionaries that are, that are, that are out there in Montana. Um, they're doing the youth Indian camps this week. We must do battle for them as they go. Let's pray. Father, I pray that or as we get a glimpse behind the scenes in the spiritual realm, Father, that we, you, you would put within our hearts an urgency to pray. Father, I pray through your spirit that... that we would understand 
prayer is the work. That we would all engage in the work of prayer. That we would recognize the power of our prayer. So Lord, this week, give us this deep desire to connect with you, to be doing battle with you. And Father, we, may we just, just let's pray we would, we would get it, we would understand it, we would we would just do it. We would become a people of prayer. In Christ's name I pray, amen.